The following program is brought to you by the Humble Farmer Bed and Breakfast in St. George, Maine. Thank you for listening. My back line on my house lot is 453 feet, and Peter Hill just helped me measure it. And when Peter was here, he said to me, Do you remember when I was living next door to you 30 or so years ago, and I asked you if I could borrow your lawnmower? You said you'd take care of it. When I came home, there was a sheep moored out in the front yard. Isn't it interesting what people remember about you? Hi there, this is Clark Terry here, reminding you to pull your bearskins a little closer to the fire. That's it. <laughs> now you're talking to me. Ah, watch out for those snapping sparks. Everybody cozy? Now the good news is that you're in time for the humble farmer. You've worked hard all day, and you deserve to relax now. So stay right there and listen to the best of this kind of music.
song before Alan Joe Cohn of course here on the Humble Farmer thank you for listening it is a well known fact that here in Maine school superintendents get three times the pay of a, of a teacher in your fair superintendents do not get a lot of money for what they do it, it simply happens to be three times what teachers get for what they do here in Maine some people wonder why. The superintendents go to the same teachers' colleges as the teachers. I know this. Some of my friends were superintendents. We all went to the same classes. Anyway, these superintendents go to the same colleges to get their master's degrees. But when they start work, a very strange thing happens. 
one gets three times the salary that the other one does. And I once asked a school board member why the school board paid superintendents such respectable salaries and was told, well, we pay a lot more than we want to because we want somebody who can do a good job. You'll get what you pay for. One wonders why the same philosophy is not applied to teachers. I heard an angel say, wake up, wake up, your wonderful dreams come true. A newborn feeling had me reeling, I said to myself, where am I? It's all so hazy, may sound crazy, there wasn't a star in the sky. Still I saw stars, I heard a birdie sing, so sweet, so sweet, the moment I fell for you. Django. If you want to, if you want to learn something about summer heat, why, I suggest you come right here to Saint George, Maine. We hear that the country is perishing under a sweltering heat wave, and for a change, we're even feeling it here on the coast of Maine. I, I put on my, listen to this. I put on my shorts. I put on a t-shirt, and anyone who stops in to see me today will see white, skinny. Aged, humble arms that have not been pitted and scarred by the harmful effects of the sun in 50, 60 years. 
I'm down cellar, because down here in the cellar, it's not only warmer during those bitter cold months of May and June and, and most of July. You probably know we were running the electric heat here on the 4th of July. But, you know, when it's sweltering outside, down here in the cellar, it feels cool compared to outside right now where it is, listen to this, where it is very close to 77 degrees. Thank you. 
thank you, thank you for listening to The Humble Farmer here on your favorite radio station. Well, with any luck at all, have to throw that in, with any luck at all, you can hear me playing old-fashioned music just for you every week at this time. I am the humble farmer at gmail.com. Love to hear from you. Six guests at our bed and breakfast table one morning. I was in charge of the toast, but it's a struggle for me because I have to wash my hands after I touch anything. Shades of Martin Luther. I asked Denise to help me do toast because I couldn't hear, and I was afraid I wouldn't get the toast right. And that morning I noticed that people do not drink all of their coffee. They do not drain the cups. Now, depending on who it is, there are varying amounts of drug drink left in the cup when the guest leaves the table. And I notice this because I always drain my cup, no matter what's in it. If it's coffee grounds, I chew up the grit with my teeth and swallow it, you know, thinking I'm getting that much more of the facilitating drug. Do I drink it all because I was raised to not waste anything? Do you empty your cups and glasses? Do you eat Do you eat all of the food that you put on your plate? Except, of course, the chicken skin and the bones. I'm the humble farmer at gmail.com. I'd like to have you tell me about these things.
a sneaky kind of a fade out there. And, of course, probably you were doing the same thing I was. I was captivated by George Mraz there playing bass, and just like Tom Rowe, one of the few people that can put the note where it belongs, pushes it. You can't learn how to do it. George Mraz behind Zudi and Oscar Peterson. <laughs> I'm learning so much from Facebook. For everything I write in Facebook that's seen by five people, there are five different interpretations to that which I have written. Now, I knew this was true when I was on the stage. Many of my stories that I told from the stage actually depended on each audience member to figure out the punchline for himself or herself. So 90% of them might get it, and of course 100% might think that they got it. But what I write in my Facebook page is usually quite straightforward, and still it's misconstrued. I, I don't try to write with fancy tricks. You know, my Facebook page, what I write there, it's just straight out whining and sniveling. And of course, this is why we have lawyers to write 30-page documents to cover transactions that could be consummated by the signing of a check or a handshake. Yes, I'll, I'll say it here again. I'm amazed that each and every one of the simple things that I write about can be taken to mean so many different things by friends who are much smarter than I am. Now, this must be true of what you and everyone else writes and says, too. I suppose that's why it's necessary to have elections and why the divorce rate is as high as it is. Radio friend Mike replied to my comments when I wrote this on Facebook. Radio friend Mike replied, This is why I am still married. I treat marriage like a humble farmer show. I laugh whether I get it or not.
Tifa too, I'm sure, because it's it's called You and Me, Al Cone. We know it was anybody who's listening to the changes knows do 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 anyway, yesterday was a slack day here on the farm. Only seven friends dropped in to say hi. Unless I forgot somebody. Not one of these seven friends had ever been here before. And on top of that, it was wonderful. On top of that, we had eight people sleeping in various bedrooms. Could you, I want to ask you, could you enjoy having 15 people in your house over the course of one day as I do? Imagine seven just dropped in to say hi. Now, if you drop in here, and my wife Marcia, the almost perfect woman, does not offer to feed you, it is not because of any stingy 
inclinations. If if my wife can't spread out the crystal with freshly baked cakes or pies, she can't bring herself to simply rummage around in the refrigerator in the closet and say, Hey, do you like some scraps? No. You deserve the best. And if it isn't uncut, right hot out of the oven, it is not good enough for you. I, on the other hand, have no compunction about offering our friends what blueberry muffins that are a day old. It might not be enough to go around, but isn't that okay with you? First come, first served. Old Humble's done his best. One day we were only expecting two friends to visit, which meant only seven people sitting around the supper table that night, unless other friends were thoughtful enough to drop in. Anticipating this kind of rush, as my wife does, she is right in her glory. She goes up to town, goes up to Rockland for groceries at least three times a week, after checking the newspaper, of course, for specials. And she makes a rhubarb crisp, which is a rhubarb pie type of thing, just as if anyone would have room for dessert. She sets the table hours ahead of time. If you've been here, you know this. Everything is always perfect. With plates in hand, you can see me trotting between the pantry and the dining room table. Oh, I'm sorry. If you have never had time to visit, you're really missing out on a treat.
everybody knows that that is the real, the real four brothers. I think I had that on a 45 60 years ago. I don't know. Was it recorded? Probably when it was first recorded. Thank you for listening to the humble farmers. It's time to remind you that that uh, well, time to thank you for for listening. With any luck at all, you can hear me right here on your favorite station every week at this time, playing old-fashioned music just for you. I am the humble farmer at gmail dot com. Love to hear from you. And you know, by the time they were twenty-one years old, Heisenberg, Dirac and Bragg were already well on the road to Nobel Prizes. When I, however, was 21 years old, I was your typical youngster, you know, with the the curiosity of a raccoon and the interests of a rabbit. If you have typical youngsters and you want to sleep well tonight, you should not hear what I'm about to say, because I have in my hand my diary for 1957. And yes... I'm going to read a few of the random thoughts and activities of a 21-year-old boy, just as he wrote them down. This boy was always cold, and with $5 in his pocket, this boy left St. George, Maine, and hitchhiked to Texas to get warm. On March 7th in 1957, I finished a two-year stint on the bridge of the Coast Guard Cutter Laurel. And let me read for you what I wrote in my diary one week after that, March 14th, on my way to Texas. Rode up to the Warren Cutoff, got a road map, got a ride in a 53 Plymouth to Moody's. I want to go where it's really warm. Got a ride to Wiscasset with a worm digger. He says he can make $10 a day digging worms. Got a ride by Yarmouth Cutoff in a caddy with a lieutenant commander. He had safety belts, and I fastened mine. Imagine that. That was so unique back then to have safety belts in 1957 that I I mentioned it. Arrived at my aunt's house in Needham. Total cash on hand, $5.11. Watched a tremendous TV show, The People's Choice. And I should mention that this was just about the time that my father got his first television set. We had never seen the thing before, you know. March 15th, 7.05 a.m., left with Uncle Gunner, got off at Route 128 and got a ride in a 54 Ford to Route 9 to New Haven, froze, 53 Ford and two airmen, kids, brought me to Jersey Turnpike, At one time, we were doing 100 miles an hour. Wow, I was seriously considering getting out. Made it through New York without incident. 57 Plymouth with less than 100 miles on it to cut off. Three sailors gave me a ride to 49 miles from Baltimore. I drove for quite a while. 54 degrees here. 52 Buick, he gave me the longest ride I got all the way. Eventually, he left me out in Bristol, Tennessee. 1700, we fought the traffic in Baltimore. 1840, passed Jefferson Memorial, took my coat off. Went to Alexandria, 
to his brother's house and ate two ham sandwiches in a house trailer. 62 degrees. See, I'm very interested in getting warmer. 62 degrees in March. Unheard of in Maine, you know. 22.50. We're in Waynesboro. Moon is out tonight. Three of us in front seat. I slept part way.
Interesting. What's he doing? Trying to get another one in on me. You have to watch those fellows, you know. Even they're good, but they, you know, try to give you a little bit more than you, than you need. I'm reading from my diary of 1957, or I was trying to when I was so rudely interrupted there by Harry Allen. I'm reading from my diary of 1957 when I hitchhiked to California with $5 in my pocket. March 16th. Observed first hillbilly shacks. Red dirt makes everything red. 57 Buick took me to Chattanooga, Tennessee. 55 Chevy to Trenton. All the loafers are out in the sun. Past Lookout Mountain, which is very long. 55 Chevrolet to Selma, 73 degrees. Went in Gulf Station and shaved and washed up. Dark in Mississippi, rode quite a ways in the truck. Got out when he had, got out when he had flat, but got back in as I found he pumped it up. He bought me a Coke.
happy little thing Come on and let us bring joy in the new days Bing, I'll go the blue days Sing, just like a bird in spring And let the echo ring way up to heaven Song is king, this life is cold Unless we have that certain spark It's all controlled by music So from morn till dark Be a lark and just sing And you can have your fling Accomplish anything If you would only sing You, you know, I have uh, my studio is here in the cellar, and I just, in between songs, lugged a basket of clothes up to the first floor, and it's uh, about all I can do. <laughs> I don't know. Here I'm reading to you from my 1957 diary. March 17th, this tells about my trip hitchhiking to California from Maine with only five dollars in my pocket. Let me see if I can get through this. Get my breath here. Got a ride from Meriden to Jackson with a couple of drunks in a Pontiac. Hitched the wrong way in Jackson till a guy told me I was going the wrong way. Here I was propositioned for two dollars and I'm not going to go into the elaborate on that. I flatly refused and got dumped in the wilderness. A 54 Ford brought me to Vicksburg. 57 Plymouth to Tallulah stood for more than two hours here. 54 Pontiac to Jonesboro. You can follow right along on the map with me. 41 Chevy, 20 miles. 51 Hudson to Winfield. 57 Buick to Alexandria. 49 Chevy to Galveston. A friend of mine said this sounded like an, an overnight in the Owl's Head Transportation Museum. Anyway, it poured as we neared Beaumont. Water was axle-deep on road to ferry. Went on ferry to Galveston, saw palm trees and pelicans. See, this was a big thing for a kid who'd never been out of Maine. Saw palm trees and pelicans. Got to Houston in three more rides. Arrived at Marcus, and Marcus was my deaf friend from here in St. George who had moved to Texas. Slept on the kitchen floor with Marcus' brother-in-law. 
had to shower and washed my clothes. March 18th, this was after a good night's sleep on the floor and washing up, spent five cents on a Coke. <laughs> Can you imagine that? Nutrition was obviously one of my priorities. And then it says, spent five cents on a Coke, the first money I've spent since Thursday. Thursday. <laughs>